Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI Ball Podcast, powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe, and we are officially in the offseason. And, well, may, this, this is going to be coming out a couple days after Christmas, so we, we hope that you had a very Merry Christmas and are looking forward to a great new year. This is a great new year for podcasts. For us, you can see uh, we're utilizing the full studio this year for our podcasts, and we'd like to welcome to the studio our first guest of the year, Arizona Christian Head Coach Jeff Bowen. Coach, how you doing this afternoon, evening, wherever it is where you are? Doing well, and it's evening. <laughs> I, I can never tell with Arizona time where it exactly is in in uh, uh, in, in comparison to us. It depends on the time of year. Well, but, that's the beauty of us. We never change. I know it's everyone else that has the problem. Yep. <laughs> oh well, you know we'll we'll see one of these days. I know that our our, um, our folks here in in Florida, our our senator. Uh, Marco Rubio has introduced bills time and again, trying to get everybody put on daylight savings time, which would probably put you on Alaskan time for like half the year, for the, in, the entire year or something, something silly like that. But you know, let's uh, let's let's get away from from time and let's talk about some football. Y'all had a really nice season a uh, a year ago. It sounds really weird to say that it being you know last week was the championship game, but. Uh, it, it didn't particularly start out that way um, with with a loss to Tex West. Now, obviously, Tex West is a uh, was a whale of a team last year. One thing I do want to ask about is um, why why is Louisiana Christian so gosh darn tough? It's a hard place to to play. Um, just the travel logistics alone. You're look, you know. You got to fly in, then you're bussing several hours to get to them. Um, just there's just little things about it that make it tough. You know, um, your 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 halftime uh, locker room is a as a tent and a and a outhouse behind the visitors bench, and you know it's just it's just and and that on top of the fact that they're they're tough out they're. I would uh, I would be very leery of them next year. They got a boatload of people coming back, and they get after it, and they 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 just play really well at home. It is what it is. I mean, you you talk about that. I, I would have figured that everyone would have would have kind of had them circled as a do don't even dare think about overlooking LC after what they did to Langston in twenty twenty one. But by George, they they were inconsistent. Boy, when they had a, a, a Sooner Conference win, boy, did they ever have a Sooner Conference win. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, uh, 
we got we got down early with some some things that happened and we we battled back we were within a touchdown late and um you know we're driving for the go-ahead score and we turn the ball over so it doesn't help to turn the ball over four times against a good opponent yeah that is that is a true statement now on also on your schedule is is Fort Lewis College and I know ACU is is definitely want to pick up uh, opponents and and a lot of times they're from other leagues that are not the NAIA. Now we've just seen Kaiser uh, go to the national championship game and be the national runners up while going through a gauntlet of a schedule in which, uh, you know, looking back hindsight's definitely twenty twenty, but I don't think they they were properly uh, properly rated or ranked uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, talk to me about your thoughts on properly weighting out of league games. I th- you know, it's so hard because we're so spread out all over the country. The leagues really don't cross over. It's, it's hard to get anyone to even come to Arizona to play us. You know, they'll, they'll let us travel to them, but they're not going to come to see us. So it's just tough to find games. And then, then you get into, you know, who are you going to play? You know, you step up uh, top tier division two or take a one. We did the one, you know, the, the one double a or FCS. Basically we, you know, we did that. We traveled to Abilene one year and played Abilene Christian, but I think you got to be real careful too. I mean, Kaiser Kaiser's outstanding. Doug does a great job there. And, um, you know, they're, uh, uh, the, the first three games that they played were obviously extremely tough opponents. It may have helped them as a team in the long run to, to, to develop some cohesion and stuff. But the bottom line is you're Oh, and three and were they properly ranked? No. I mean, they, they lost the only NAI game they lost all year was in the championship. So that, that makes it tough, but you don't want to, you know, money games and stuff like that. Go play an FCS team and collect a check, and then they they hang a ninety-eight to zero on you, and and that's not going to help your team in the long run. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, it's a step up, and you get the check. No, that, that that's going to leave a scar on your football team. Yeah, any, it, and I hate to say it, I am always rooting for no matter the level. I'm always waiting for someone to drop that that triple digit score. Um, you know, I just hate when. <laughs> When it's an AI and it's that close like yeah. that, you, you you don't want to be there. I I I want the NAI team to be the one winning ninety eight to nothing. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I would take that. But I think it's hard to to equate it in, um, you know, to to the record or maybe don't you don't you know they don't count the the FCS games or I I don't know what the answer is you know but. It's it's hard to you're not going to get a, a fair comparison if you're going to include those in the situation uh, as much as the Raider and I was a Raider for the the Sooner Athletic Conference. We you can sit around and talk. Well, they lost this game to a, a FCS team or a, a top tier Division two team and stuff like that. By the end of the year, people are just looking at records and trying mm-hmm. to do the mm-hmm. best job that they can do representing their conference and, and the integrity of the tournament. That's that's not wrong. Uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's so hard to remember what happened in late August, early September, and even more so than that. You, you, you've heard the the saying that you never step in the same river twice. You never rank the same team twice. 
because you've got yeah. injuries, you've got dings that you pick up. You're not the same team. You've grown together. You've knitted together from September to November. It's it's a different team. Oh, it's, it, you know, we we went through that our, ourselves. The team that the ACU team that was one and two and zero oh and two in league to start the season, it was not the same as as the team that played late in the year. You know, I mean, we didn't make a big deal of it, but we lost nine guys coming up before we even got out of camp. You know, it was crazy, the the injuries that we ran into before we even played game one. So we were a work in progress early on in the season and just took some time to, to settle in and we started playing some pretty good football. But yeah, it, it's hard to equate, you know, week one to week 10. And, and, and that brings up the other thing. And if you're having a playoff system where you're picking teams to go into the playoffs, you can't afford to lose late. Don't lose late, especially if you're a bubble team. You ain't kidding. Now, did uh, it, it does seem, looking at your schedule, uh, that something may have clicked there at that late September matchup at Sagu and Waxahachie because at that point you're you're one and two coming into that game, and it looks like maybe your kids figured out, hey, we can we can hang on to this and we can come out and and win. It don't matter how how big or how small we can we can actually get on the uh, right side of this. You know, at, at that point in time, our, our 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 key leaders and stuff really stepped up as far as what we were doing from a mental approach at practice, the coaching staff. Um, you know, we took a, a deep look and what we're doing and okay, this is what we normally do, but you know, we're missing nine pieces. <laughs> and, uh, so what are we going to, how are we going to get this going in the right direction? We weren't thinking conference championships and playoffs or anything. We, we just knew we had another road game into Dallas against a, a good Sagu football team. And that, that showed by the end of the year. And, uh, our guys just, um, you know, put it together and, and played well and won that. And and then we, uh, you know, just had some confidence. The leadership stepped up. And let's just take this a game at a time and see what happens, you know. And Sagu got it going. And then we came home against, uh, you know, the seventh-ranked team in the country with Ottawa. And obviously they're they're in our backyard and got that natural rivalry going. And to, to win that game was huge. Our guys uh, does really uh, – Flip the switch, and and now now you're looking at building some confidence, you know, and uh, that's that's kind of what happened. It, it definitely is winning seven in a row down the stretch there, and and you feel almost somewhat prepared to to go into Morningside knowing that Dolinchek may not play, he might not be a hundred percent if he does play. And y'all put up a whale of a fight there to stay in the ring with Morningside for all four quarters. That was, uh, I mean, no coach believes in moral victories, you know. But um, the fact that we drew them in the first round, obviously, um, that's that's formidable. And people have seen what they do. I mean, they're not in football games in the fourth quarter very often. (laughs) Um, And there were all kinds of, you know, predictions and you know 70 to zeros and those kind of things and they're well deserved i mean they are who they are they've they've won three out of five so no one was expecting anything different but i also think a little bit of that was um you know the the sooner the sooner conference has gotten a lot better over the last five years and um you know we felt like we could go in there and play play well 
you know, uh, and if someone had said, Hey, you're within, you're within three points with nine minutes to go against Morningside, um, I'd take it, you know, we got a shot, we're in the game. And, um, you know, the first quarter they punched us in the mouth. Our, our, our guys were like, okay, um, this is different, <laughs> but to their credit settled in and, and, uh, you know, played well and made a game of it. And, and, uh, so, so it's something to build on. We're, we're not there yet. We're getting close, but uh, it's definitely something to build on, and, and we're excited about that. So I'm going to give you a magic wand, and with this magic wand, you can rewrite the rules in the sooner and, and, and uh, you, you know, uh, eventually in the frontier to figure out how a team gets in the playoffs when you've got three, four teams that are, that are right there. How, how is, how is Jeff Bowen rewriting the rules? Um, I think as the NAI continues to grow, I think that what you, you look at is, and because there's not a lot of cross-sectional games, especially with, with teams traveling to Florida or traveling to Arizona or, you know, Eastern Oregon and Southern Oregon. I, I think uh, you win your conference, you need to be guaranteed a spot. I think putting it, putting the criteria of you have to be in the top 20 that, that forces people to maybe look at their ballots and, and say, well, I got to slide this one up because if they don't, then they, they could win it, but they might not. Or who, who do we have that we need to get close to the top 20 because they could end up winning the league and it throws in all those dynamics. I think, um, I think if you just, the league champ automatically goes, um, you know, that, then that should be, uh, um, that'd be one way. And I, I think I'm all, and I know there's talk of it, expanding it, expanding the, the tournament. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's bad now, but, you know, when you got four at-large bids for the whole country, there, there are teams that are 9-1, and 8-2. and two. You know, what, what other sport, and no knock on any other sports, but what other sport can, can you win 80% of your game and you're done? 80% of your games and you're done. You have no shot at the playoffs. You, you, uh, I mean, we're not talking about, oh, I win 80% of my games. I could get a home playoff game. You're, you're just right. done. Yeah, you're you're no, you're done. You're tough. done, though. You're staying home. That's 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 a fair point, and and that brings up a an interesting thing. We've we've always thought there was some politicking, I'll I'll call it, going on with with the voting. We we saw it this year with Dickinson State. We saw D Dickinson State re-enter the chat at the end of the season there, and we we said it. We called it out and said, look, the voters are positioning them such that they can be in the top 20. Never uh, never had that confirmed that that's... It, I don't know if it's intentional or subconscious, but you, you definitely do see it happening. And I think that's a valid point, that um, you know, maybe if we, if we guarantee it. I've also heard people say slide, that, slide the, the, the standard up a little bit, maybe make it top 15, and so maybe make it a little bit harder for those top teams to get in there and uh, and see if if the at largest can can get in there, it's always an interesting dynamic. Um, you you talked about something there, and I'm going to get to it in a bit with the frontier. Um, but let's talk about your team. You've got Tyler Duncan 
coming back, your your signal caller, your uh, you know seventy fourth year starter there at Arizona Christian, uh, seventeen hundred forty four yards through the air, four hundred ninety on the ground, doesn't turn the ball over terribly much with seven interceptions as compared to twenty one touchdowns. Talk about your offense and what you've got coming back starting under center. Well, t- Tyler, uh, you know, he's he's the straw that stirs the drink. And he's been doing it since his freshman year. I mean, his, his first time stepping on the field was against Abilene Christian as a freshman. It's trial by fire. Um, and uh, to go through the things Tyler's gone through, so that was a tough season. Then his sophomore year, he, you know, he, he, uh, he's got the, the collarbone injury and misses most of the season and came back and played really well last year. And obviously he, he led us this year. He just does a lot of things well. And um, I think that the, the things that two things that I like the most about Tyler is his, uh, his unwillingness to accept anything except competing at the highest level when he's on the field, he's just going to, he's going to go hard, whether he's running the ball, throwing the ball, making plays, whatever. And then his, his willingness to, to be on the same page as the coaching staff and really uh, being a student of the game. Um, I think it's not as measurables, you know, he's, he's six foot tall, you know, he's not a six, four, he, he has a good arm. He doesn't have, you know, the, the rocket, you know, 60, 60 yards in the air type of arm, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll hand him the keys to the car anytime. He does a heck of a job. Reminder, we are on with Arizona Christian head coach Jeff Bowen. Coach, you do lose a couple pieces, looks like, on your defense here. Uh, you had noted that you had nine pieces that you had lost coming into the season to injury. Um, here's to hoping that some of those nine pieces are, A, coming back, and B, that some of them are on defense. <laughs> the defense really settled in as the year went on. Uh, they, they did a, a really good job, um, you know, um, holding things down. We, lo- we obviously lo- we lose Riley Tucker for, 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 for my money. He's one of the best safeties in the country. I mean, he's done it for four years straight, you know, uh, I, I thought he was deserving of being an all American somewhere this, there this year. And, and, uh, you know, being one of the top interceptors again in the country, we lose him. Um, you know, we lose Jake Farrell as, as a rush end, um, you know, and then those are the, the and then Tank Peters, Stefan Tank Peters, uh, we'll see if we get him back or not. But, um, and other than that, every, everyone's back or guys that split a lot of time or we played two guys in a position. So the depth there, uh, we feel pretty good about. We're obviously looking to add pieces and, and so forth, but. I thought they uh, settled down, and a lot of young kids got on the field this year too. We had uh, some young guys playing in the in the secondary and in different linebacker spots, new to the program and stuff. So they really really settled in and and uh, played played well down the stretch in must win situations. Now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to circle back to something you had said previously, and and it made reference to. We both made reference to it in point of fact, and that's the fact that Arizona Christian is going to be. Uh, boldly going and pushing the final frontier uh, here in in a bit, going to the frontier and uh, going against some Pacific Northwest heavyweights, whether it be, uh, you know, NAI Royalty, Carroll, or Eastern Oregon, or 
Southern Oregon that's that's daggum on the Pacific Coast. Um, talk to me about moving moving on up to the frontier and and what you're looking forward to there. Well, we're we're really excited about the move. Um, like you said, there's a lot of history in the Frontier Conference. We enjoyed our time in, in the Sooner. Uh, made a lot of made a lot of friends. Really competitive, and um, but we're excited about this move into a really competitive top to bottom. You see it every year, um, and also just expanding football to the west. You know, being in a conference that that is, is Northwest and, and being that in that direction for us was important because as you see, the, the sooner uh, conference is obviously more of a mid, uh, you know, Texas based and heading to the East with teams that are possibly coming in and stuff. So, um, and just being in a league where, uh, you know, we're excited about just the fact that they're excited to have us in the league, <laughs> you know, that's kind of fun. And, and uh, competitive. I've, I've talked with several of the coaches already, and we're excited about the challenge. Obviously, it's a it's a it's a big a big challenge. They're uh, they're well respected football conference, and and uh, so we're uh, you know we're going to work real hard to get ready to to play at that level. Now, you may not know the answer to this question, but is that where? Uh, newcomer Simpson is going to be trying to get into from uh, Northern California. It's the only place that I can think of that makes sense for, for Simpson up there in Northern Cal. I, I know, I don't know all the details. I know that they are talking with, with the, the higher ups within the frontier conference. And, and I hope that's the way they go. I hope they go NAIA instead of division three, and it would give a, another team, um, a shot in the frontier and what that I think what that's going to also expose in the frontier is the level of quality play because what they've been forced to do the last well I don't even know how many years is you're playing people twice in a season well when you when you're doing that you're cannibalizing yourself I mean you're just you're, you're just beating each other up and hopefully someone's standing at the end and gets into the tournament it's you know, so that that's going to change, and, and that's got to help the conference also. So us coming in helps in that regard. And if Simpson does come in, that also negates having to play a, another doubled-up opponent. Yeah, absolutely. It, and, and I think, honestly, it's the reason why the Frontier hasn't um, featured as heavily in championship matchups and late in the, in the playoffs for a— Quite a long time. I mean, it hasn't been that long since Charlie Hall and and Southern Oregon um, were were hoisting the trophy. Um, you, you know, where Carroll was winning one. I mean, that's that's a long and storied history in Frontier football. Yeah, I was. I didn't do the research, but I was told that uh, maybe it's twenty. Now would be twenty one because this season's over. But ten out of the last twenty seasons before this. There was a team in, from the frontier in the championship game, you know, and obviously Carroll is well respected, winning six in in their history, and and so, so in Southern Oregon also. So that's they were there ten times, and they won it seven out of the ten. So um, I think there's there's again there's quality football all across the NAIA, and the frontier has to be uh, mentioned when you're when you're talking about conferences that have a rich history of quality football. Yeah, absolutely. So we are looking forward to that. The only the only downside is I think 
you're you, you might have to to give up on that backyard brawl against uh, Ottawa, unfortunately, unless y'all can work something out there. Well, that's what we're trying to do right now with with the, our, you know the scheduling and stuff, and then the Sooners making changes with teams possibly coming into that, and um, you know, so hopefully in the future we can continue to to play play the rivalry game and and stuff. Um, not sure about this this first year, but hopefully something falls into place and and we keep playing. Yeah, that's that's way too fun of a game to give up on uh, for for a conference move. So thinking about it and and um, trying to think of a question I can I can ask everybody uh, the, the same question and kind of get a, a kind of a survey across the NAI where everyone is. You know, if you're not improving. Um, you're you're falling behind. We 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 understand how that works. We're on a we're on a treadmill here, going the wrong direction. Um, what area of your team, whether it be on the field or off the field, are you looking forward most to improving um, in in this off season going into 2023's season? I think it's it's similar to what you're seeing now across college football in general, um, you know, and it's always a, tri- a trickle down effect because what's going on at the division one level with transfers and portals and recruiting, um, it, it, it trickles all the way down to, to us. I mean, uh, kids waiting, kids going in the portal and then sitting there for a year and, and basically the portals become the shopping ground for, for division one. And so, then, then what what happens? Well, are they going to take a high school kid? Or are they going to take a portal kid? Or for us, we're recruiting a kid that is on the borderline of being Division One. Well, is he going to come to us in the spring, or is he going to come in the fall, or is he not going to come at all? You know, there's just there's so much wait and see now for incoming uh, high school freshmen, and then also transfers, and then then also just the harsh reality or misconception of uh, oh, I'll, I'll go to an NAI school and I'll put some good film together and then maybe I can be division one. You know, you're dealing with those type of parameters now. And, and with the advent of the portal and social media as it is with, with young people today, I, I don't think that's a problem that's going to be solved anytime soon. Yeah, I, I saw a statistic. It was something like 1,000 of the 13,000 NCAA athletes uh, football players had put their name in the portal, and and I'm just going to tell you, that's kind of unsustainable. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'll. I I honestly think long term it'll settle. It'll settle in once once we get there. But it's it's crazy stuff right now. Yeah, it's 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 rough. It, it, it is. And, and and the thing is, now are you building cultures that are sustainable mm-hmm. or are you just living year to year trying to hopefully have a r- roster that can be competitive? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you do look at some uh, like at what Mike Norvell's done at Florida State and, and being able to, to pull some serious portal guys out and, and hit on them uh, consistently. But, you know, you sometimes it feels like you are rolling the dice on that a little bit. Uh, to, to borrow, I believe it was Dennis Green uh, talking, you know, are they who we thought they were? Um, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's, always, that's always the question and, and one that, 
we'll see we'll see what happens as as the portal kind of matures as as a as a feature of the NCAA. Um, a reminder to ev- everyone out there: there is no NAIA portal. Um, so keep that in mind and uh, pick the school that's right for you. Um, is and and better yet, get it right the first time. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure these. I'm sure, Coach, you you would rather you know have the the more solid decision and and the commitment of the four years. You know, I'm. Yeah, I'm not looking to go anywhere, so I'd like them if they stuck around <laughs> with me for a while. It would be nice. Well, you are the only coach Arizona Christian has ever known going into your eighth season, so I, you know, I don't know that you're going in anywhere at, at this point. So, Coach, thank you for coming on to the program and uh, looking forward to seeing what um, both the Sooner and Frontier have to feature in 2023 as the landscape changes a little bit in the NAIA and looking forward to what the Firestorm have uh, coming up in 23. We look forward to it, and thanks for having me on. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIAF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash N-A-I-A-F-B-A-L-L and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.